Welcome to another episode of the Sisterhood of the Rings, the Tolkien podcast where we discuss all the lore almost no one cares about. I'm your host, Maddie Bolzenius. And I'm your host, Molly Tenley-Straight. This week, we will be discussing J.R.R. Tolkien's The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, Book 2, Chapter 2, The, the Council, Council of Elrond. What? Why did you decide to do that with me? I don't know. It just felt right. I, I liked it. I liked it too. Maddie, what's new with you this week? <laughs> so much. Actually, what's new with me is also what's new with you. I made Molly watch all of Avatar The Last Airbender. And we are officially getting another nerd tattoo. Yep. We're going to get Aang's glider on yeah. our dork sleeve, which only has one tattoo right now, but it's it's going to We have a lot planned out for it, though. We do. All we need is the money now. Yeah. Tattoos are really expensive. Stupid expensive. We should just do stick and pokes for the rest of it. No. They'll look so good. No. Oh, okay. Well, we loved the show. I mean, I've loved the show for a long time, but I was really glad that Molly like actually got into it, and by the end of it, we were like, I mean... We were like cheering and like doing all the things. It's that really are... weird us nerding out to something. Yeah, we really don't do it super often. No. It was kind of nice to connect on that level because we really don't like get along and we don't really have many common interests. So like it was mm-hmm. nice to find something finally. Mm-hmm. Finally, we can bond over something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been really hard living this life as like estranged sisters for so long. And now we're like finally coming together. Yeah, it's like Zuko reuniting with the... Well, no. Well, I no, just uniting Zuko uniting with, uniting the, with, the, with the gang. The gang, yeah. yeah you know hey Zuko here <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh guess what though I did a quiz this morning about what element I am okay what did you according find according to the last airbender okay they say I'm fire I can see that really because I thought I was water no you're a firebender well, it turns out I am. I'm pretty sure I'm an earthbender, but I would like to take that quiz. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think there's anything really else going on, right? Besides, oh, I mean, we we went to protest in our hometown. And you didn't ask me what's going on with my week. What's going on with your week? <laughs> I went to my first <laughs> protest. Hell yes, bitch. Yeah. So me and Maddie and our mom and my daughter, Gabriella, went to a Black Lives Matter protest, and it was very emotional and fantastic, and I can't wait to go to another one. You know, I'm very verbal about my political stances, but I had this fear of going to a protest, of like, Mm -hmm. if it turned out violent, if people, you know, started rioting and I wasn't okay with it, what would happen if I had to walk in uncomfortable shoes? Oh, wait, I did. Yeah, you got some hella blisters on your that foot. That's the worst part. But the rest of it was fantastic, and I learned a lot, and had some. there were some really amazing speakers there, and I was really happy. So if you haven't been to a protest, even if you're not super political, go try it out, see how you feel, because it was really inspiring for me. Yeah, and there are other ways to support the Black Lives Matter movement besides protesting. Like, if you're physically or emotionally unable to actually get out in the streets like there's tons of places you can donate to we've posted a couple on our facebook page and you can also just fight with people on facebook you can also just that's fight been, with your racist relatives on <laughs> facebook which getting we, us really far yeah we've been engaging in a lot of that recently <laughs> it's been super healthy we yeah. love it we also have been playing settlers of Catan again yeah uh yeah 
I'm thrilled about this. I love Settlers of Catan. Oh, side note. This is not. No, I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say just, it. Just say it, bitch. It's Settlers of Catan. Not Catan. We looked this up. The makers say Catan. The makers of the game who are German say Settlers of Catan. If you're saying Catan. You're wrong. You're wrong. Stop you're wrong. saying it. I'm sorry. This is not up for debate here. It's no no debate. No nope. debate. It's like saying Chipotle. Don't, don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't, don't do it. Don't say Chipotle. Don't There's say only, Catan. What if you say it ironically? That's, That's fine. fine. It's like Irony saying Kro- Kroger. Wait. Kroger. Kroger. It's like saying that. Target. Target. That's fine. Kro- you know, Kroger is not like a nationwide brand though so like people listening Kroger is a grocery store by the way it is it's a grocery store and some people say it Kroger to be funny like our dad dad. (laughs) also a very midwestern thing is to put an s on the end of it like Kroger's but there's no s it's just Kroger (laughs) targets it's just Meyer but people here call it Myers it's so true it's not Myers no it's Meyer I wish people would say Sam's Clubs (laughs) Costco's Oh, wait, I have one more thing that we have been doing this week. Okay. We have been building crazy amounts of stuff outside. Oh, yeah, you guys have been We've hard been crazy. We have made our backyard like a little oasis. We cleaned up our deck. We got a outdoor rug that's super cute. We built a... Oh, we already did the pirate ship. We did a vegetable garden. I told you that. Now we're building a platform for a deck. Oh, did we talk about this? I don't know. <gasps> oh, okay. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hobbit hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have talked about it. Oh, uh, well, we're starting that. Yeah. It's really exciting. Well, you know what they say idle hands are the devil's playground and you guys have taken that very seriously well we're very religious people so we don't want that devil anywhere near us we love jesus in this household do we i know we don't dislike jesus yeah jesus was chill we just like don't worship him right we definitely support his policies yeah he loved jesus's politics were like fucking spot on like we stand jesus yeah yeah absolutely hell yeah hell yeah we don't have to necessarily believe that he's our lord and savior to know that he was a pretty chill guy yeah he was a he was chill as fuck bro he was chill as fuck so christians evangelical christians would do well to remember that yeah i mean seriously chill guys just be be chill (laughs) like jesus jesus once said bro be chill i'm pretty sure that's from a verse of the bible yeah the book of chad i think i've read that 14 12 Okay, I'm going to do the book summary for us this week. Okay. Because I prepared. Fucking God. <laughs> it's also ridiculously long. Can you can your overview not be long? Can you just give us like the bullet points? You, I think that everyone here enjoys my overview. I don't. I'm just kidding. I love them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So here we go. It has to be less than 10 minutes, Molly. Picture. Okay. A round table. All right. Knights clad in armor meeting for the first time to discuss this epic showdown of the Ring of Power. Showdowning against who? Sauron. The Ring of Power versus Sauron? Well, the traveling of the ring to Mordor against Sauron. I think we have very different definitions of what a showdown is, but please continue. I just was trying to make it sound epic. I loved it. I loved every second of it. All right. I'm just holding you accountable. I don't like that. (laughs) Okay. So we get together and 
there's Frodo and Sam tags along and there's Gandalf and there's Legolas and there's Gloin and there's Gimli and there's Elrond and there's Glorfindel and there's a bunch of other people there. Boromir and Aragorn. Yeah, right. Those people. Anyway, so we get to the Council of Elrond and we walk in and it starts off with Gloin coming and he's like, hey, I got this really crazy thing happened. We were there with Dane the second, who's our king under the mountain. And he had this visitor from Mordor, which might be a black rider. We're not sure. And he was like, hey, let's be BFFs. And you just have to tell us everything you know about the ring and Frodo. And we're like, hmm. We're going to take a rain check on that. So we're here to tell you all about it. And that's what Gloin says. And then uh, Elrond's like, you did the right thing. You're on the right side of history. <laughs> and-, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's super happy. And then Gandalf comes in and he's like, let me tell you all about my terrible journey to Saruman's house. This motherfucker treated me like shit. He put me on top of the thing. We had the old man battle fight. It was terrible. But I met Radagast and he was great. And I loved him. And he's Radagast the Brown. And he is crazy. (laughs) This is getting a little off. (laughs) Out of control. (laughs) This is out of control. But I want you to continue in exactly the same vein you've been going in. Great. And then Bilbo's like, I'm really hungry. And they're like, no, Bilbo. (laughs) No, Bilbo. Not time to eat. Time to tell us your story about finding the ring. And they're like, what? The ring? And then Bilbo comes in and he's like, let me tell you my story. But I'm really hungry. But I'm going to pause it and I'm going to feed myself later. And I'm going to tell you this important story. So he tells a story about how he finds a ring. And he like basically kept it from the doors. And he kept it from everybody. And he was like really secretive. And then he like released people from prison. Basically everything that happened in The Hobbit. Okay, so then Elrond comes in and he's like, we have to destroy the one ring. And he's like, I have the shards of Narsil here and we're going to put the king on the throne. And Boromir comes in and he's like, what? What? And he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then Aragorn's like, I'm here, bitches. What up? Yeah, that's what he says. It is. And then he's like, I'm going to be the king of Gondor again. How do you feel about that, Boromir? You little bitch. Bilbo interrupts. Oh, shit. Now Bilbo tells the story. Sorry, I'm a little out of order. That's fine. Okay. Then he talks about Gollum. And then Legolas interrupts. And he's like, Gollum? I know all about Gollum. I was in charge of keeping Gollum safe and locked up in a prison. But then we were letting him prance on top of this tree because he really liked to climb trees. And then he disappeared. And Gandalf's like, fuck, that sucks. That's terrible. And then Frodo's like, what are we going to do? And they're like, hey, we got to destroy this ring. And Elrond's like, we got to get this thing to the mountain. Wait, what's that? Place Mount called? Doom. Mount Doom, right. And everyone's like, okay, let's do that. And then everyone's like, well, I don't trust you to take it. I don't trust you to take it. And Frodo goes, I will take the ring, though I do not know the way. And then Sam's like, what? This is terrible. And then Elrond's like, don't worry. Sam, you're going to go with him because I know I can't separate you two. And then Sam goes, Oh, looks like you got us in a pickle, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> Ta-da! And then the fellowship is formed. No. Really? No, that happens in the next chapter. Oh, shit. The fellowship does not get formed in this chapter. Wow. Well, that's a departure. Well, maybe I... No, I'm going to do what I prepared anyways. Because you know what? <clears throat> I prepared. 
This is a big departure for you. I know. I know. I'm turning over a new leaf. I will be doing the movie overview. It is relatively the same, but condensed. So we enter the Council of Elrond, and all these bitches are sitting around, and there's like this little stone table in the middle, and they're all sitting around. And Elrond starts talking as if he has been preparing this dramatic-ass speech for like three weeks, and he starts monologuing, and he's like, the fates of all races rest upon the destruction of the One Ring. Bring out the ring, Frodo. And Frodo walks over, and he like timidly places the ring on the stone table and everybody's like like looking at it and like Legolas is looking at it and then Boromir is like so it's true this is the one ring and he's like I had a dream I had a dream I had a dream that a pale light was glowing in the east and he tells about how you know he dreamed that he saw is like that a real song from Tangled ho I had a dream I have a dream. I just want to see the bully lanterns gleam. Yeah, your pitch was not on enough for me to be able to tell that. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, before I was insulted, (laughs) Boromir's like, we should use this ring. It is a gift. It is a gift. And they're like, Boromir... No, it's not. It's bad. And Gandalf is like, the ring is evil. And he this starts is like, like when somebody brings Everclear to a party. It is, is a, a gift. gift. We and like, should use this and, gift. But usually everybody's like, yeah, we should. And one person's like, no. <laughs> and that would be Gandalf in this situation. And he starts uttering the black speech right there. And everything's turning dark and it's rumbling. And then Elrond is like, never before has the black speech been uttered in Imladris. And Gandalf's like, I'm not going to ask for your pardon here, but like that might be the case everywhere in every corner of the world. If, if this we ring does not don't get, get this shit yes. taken care of. And preach. And basically Elrond is like, then we must destroy it. And and Gimli's like, I'll destroy it right now. And he like grabs his axe and like hits the ring, but his axe explodes and everybody's like, Whoa! And Frodo's like sees a flash of the eye and he's all like, hey, 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 hey. and then uh and then Elrond is like by no mortal instrument can the ring be destroyed. It was made in the fires of Mount Doom, and only the fires of Mount Doom can it be unmade. So then they start arguing about who's going to take the ring and Boromir's basically like one does not simply walk into Mordor. He's like, even with 10,000 men, it cannot be done. It is folly. And they're like, well, it has to be done, man. Like, I don't know what to do. I would like to point out that she did have her finger up when she did that. I did. I literally did. One does not simply walk into Mordor. So at this point, um Aragorn like kind of stands up and he's like you know you can't take this ring to Gondor like you can't do it it can't be done and Boromir's like I'm not gonna take orders from a ranger like who the fuck do you think you are and Legolas is like don't you fucking know who that is bitch like that is Aragorn son of Arathorn and he's and and Boromir's like a sealed door's heir, and Le- and Legolas says, yeah, like I mean, yeah, man, it's a sealed door's heir. Like you have to answer to him because he is the heir to the throne of Gondor. He's your king. 
Right. And Boromir's like, Gondor has no king. Gondor needs no king. Ooh, right. Shot so fired. it's like drama and like everybody's fighting and they're all arguing with each other and they're like, you know, and and uh and they're like, somebody needs to take this ring. And you know, Legolas says that, and Gimli's like, What do you think? You're gonna take it, elf boy? And like I would rather <laughs> die than see it in the hands <laughs> of an elf. elf. And everybody's screaming at each other. And then, like, Frodo is just, like, hearing the black speech in his mind while everybody's fighting with each other. And then he's like, I will take it over all the screaming. I will take the ring. And Gandalf is, like, closes his eyes. And he's like, ah, fuck. Like, come on. And then everybody quiets down. And and Frodo, of course, says, you know, I will take the ring to Mordor, though I do not know the way. And then they all basically, like, gather around him. And Gandalf's like, I'll help you, whatever it takes. And Aragorn's like, whatever it takes, I'm going to be by your side, bro. Like, I'm going to do it. You have my sword. And Legolas is like, and my bow. And Gimli's like, and, and my, my axe. axe. <laughs> but it doesn't Boromir say, and my sword. No, Boromir comes up and he's like, if this is the choice of the council, like, I guess I'll help you. Boromir, be chill. He's like kind of being a dick, but he's also like still being like, okay, well, obviously I've been outvoted here. And then the hobbits rush in and Sam, Sam's like, well, no, Mr. Frodo's not going anywhere without me. And Elrond looks all amused and he's like, well, obviously we can't separate the two of you even when Mr. Frodo was summoned to a secret council and you were not. And then the other two hobbits rush in and they're like, we're coming too. And Pippin's like, where are we going? And then the fellowship of the <laughs> I ring love that part. has begun. And that's and this will be the fellowship, fellowship of, of the, the ring. ring. And then Pippa goes, so where are we going? Right. And then it's <laughs> disc change. Maddie. <laughs> High five. You killed it. I fucking did it. You know what? Like mine was a hot mess, but you killed it. She can be taught. That was so good. Thanks. I could listen to that over and over and over again. Who needs the movie? And now you can. We recorded it. I'm so excited. <laughs> and even more exciting, Maddie has requested to go first this week. I get to go first. For the first time ever? That's right. No, not the first time ever. But it's, it's been like five dramatic. episodes since I've gone first. So, well, congratulations. You did a really good job on the overview. Thanks, bitch. <laughs> this quotation is from page 255. Alas, alas, cried Legolas, and in his fair elvish face there was great distress. The tidings that I was sent to bring must now be told. They're not good, but only here have I learned how evil they may seem to this company. Smeagol, who is now called Gollum, has escaped. This is, like, basically the first time that Legolas actually says things. And I'm going to say things about Legolas now. Legolas time. Now, Legolas is prince of the woodland realm. The name Legolas comes from the Sindarin words leg, meaning green, and Golas, a collection of leaves. So basically, his name is Greenleaf. And uh, it's cute. He, he wears green. He's like really taking it to heart. He's like, I'm just a little green leaf just floating through the breeze. Here he's I like, am. He's like, guess what my favorite color is. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never guess. You'll never guess. <laughs> Legolas lived his life among the Sylvan Elves, otherwise known as Wood Elves. They are of Teleron descent and dwelled either in Lothlorien or the Woodland Realm. They were ruled by Noldor or Cinder Elves. So 
the Tellery elves, I talked about them a couple episodes ago. They're kind of like, there was a fight between the Noldor and the Tellery elves um, that like led to a big battle and a lot of them were killed. And it was just like, that's the one that like led the Noldor to be banished from the Undying Lands for a couple hundred years. Do you remember that? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so Tellery elves is what these elves are. Yes. Okay. But now they are ruled by Noldor or Cinder elves. Oh, okay. Okay. Even though he grew up in the Sylvan woodland realm of Northern Mirkwood, Legolas was not fully Sylvan. His father, the elven king Thranduil, was Cinderin. And absolutely jack shit is known about his mother. So we have a real Disney prince on our hands here. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my mom's dead. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Can't research that any further. No, that's it. We don't need any women here fucking Legolas and Thranduil. No, we love Legolas. We we stand Legolas. I'm just going to interrupt myself and continue. Okay. Okay. Legolas actually belongs to the minority group of Cinder Elves living in Mirkwood. And by all accounts, the Cinderans should have been nobler and wiser than the Sylvan majority, but it's actually quite the opposite. They're described as having gone native at the end of the first age. So... It's basically just like frat parties 24-7. Oh, I thought we were talking about Zootopia. Hell yeah. Love <laughs> that movie. Couldn't be more timely either. We all know there's no such thing as a good bro. But Legolas is the exception. Like all elves, Legolas had immense respect for nature. He probs knew how to grow the best weed in Middle Earth. I think we can all agree on that. Does it say that in the research? No. Okay. I'm editorializing. Okay. But I think it's true. It's true now. I just don't see him getting like super high. But he grows it for other people though. Uh, And he like really respects the bud. And they say the best dealers don't Don't, smoke their own leaf. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. 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 Legolas is kind and loves his buddies even though his old age and immortal status makes him seem sort of patronizing towards the mortals around him. He spends a lot of time mansplaining. Elf-splaining? I don't know. Hmm. I can't really see him mansplaining, but I can definitely see him elf-splaining. They're yeah, like, I agree. They're like walking through the forest, and he's like, if you knew anything about trees... I don't know where to continue with that, but it is what it is. Okay, let's talk about his powers for a hot second. Our boy Legolas was hella light on his feet. He's able to walk silently through grass and snow, leaving minimal footprints. Wait, isn't that all elves that can do that? Yes. So he's just an elf. He's just an elf. Okay. But he's different from the rest of the fellowship. <laughs> this is why this is why he's so useful to them. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Right. So he leaves minimal footprints and um I don't know, maybe he has like size four feet or something. Like you. I do not have si- I have child size four feet. <laughs> Does that count? Maddie has the tiniest feet in the whole world. She she wears my nine year old shoes. Yes, I do, <laughs> and they're hella cute. No regrets. <laughs> uh, he can see super far and has magic elf night vision. And this motherfucker can sleep while he's walking. I wish I could do that. I love sleeping. But it's not like sleepwalking. It's like, they're like, man, we have to cover a lot of ground. And he's like, sure, I'll just get some shut eye. And then he's like continuing <laughs> walking. And they're like, Legolas, we were going to rest. And he's like. <sighs> and they're like, buddy. And he's already like 
10 <laughs> yards away. I love your, your swinging arms. Thanks, I really wish you guys could have seen that. I was literally like doing walking motions. It, it is what it is. He also, he's a horse boy. He loves his horsies. He can calm them with just a couple elvish words. And uh, which is weird because we do not see him with many horses. No, we don't. But that's where like, you know how Aragorn is like talking to Brego, the, the horse yeah. that becomes his horse. The horse that becomes his horse. And then Eowyn is like, I, you know, I heard the magic of elves, uh, but I never saw, thought I would find it in a ranger from the north. And he's like, I grew up in Rivendell, bitch. Like, <laughs> I know Elvish. You think I don't know Elvish? So anyways, the horse thing is pretty cool. Uh, he's just kind of so like. So once again, that's just an elf thing. That's not like a hmm? legless thing. That's just an elf thing. There's not really any. Well, hold on. <laughs> The whole reason that Legolas is sent to the Council of Elrond in the first place is because Thranduil didn't want to admit that he fucked up in person to the Council. He's like, hey, Legolas, remember when we let Gollum escape? And Legolas is like, yeah, it was pretty stupid. And Thranduil's like, why don't you go tell them that? (laughs) And Legolas is like, do I have to? And Thranduil's like, yes, bye. (laughs) Have fun. So that the Mirkwood kind of a douchebag. He is. So the Mirkwood elves obviously let Gollum escape, and Legolas was ordered to do the Walk of Shame over to Rivendell. Of course, now we know that Legolas is completely invaluable to the Fellowship because of his natural elven talents. But the most notable thing about Prince Legolas that sets him apart from all the other elven chads is the relationship that inspired over fifteen hundred fan fictions: Gimli slash Legolas. Hashtag slow burn. Hashtag enemies to lovers. Hashtag forbidden love. 100,000 words. Are you guys ready? Are you going to read 100,000 words right now? No. Thrand Wheel once imprisoned Gloin, Gimli's father. So we've already got tension due to old prejudices, not to mention dwarves and elves kind of hate each other automatically. In the beginning of the Fellowship's journey, Legolas and Gimli do not get along. They're fighting all the time and they're like bitching at each other and they're always arguing and... But everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wrong fandom. Wrong fandom. No. When they met Galadriel. Right. Right. Legolas's heart softens a little when Gimli treats the Lady of Lothlorien with respect and admiration. After this, the elf and the dwarf strike up a friendship. At the Battle of the Hornburg, which is the battle at Helm's Deep, Legolas and Gimli compete in their own cute little orc slaying contest, and Gimli actually beats him 43 to 42. But Legolas says, You have passed my score by one, but I do not grudge you the game. So glad am I to see you on your legs. Oh, he lies. Lo- <laughs> he loves he him. Love him. Oh my god. During the Battle of the Pelennor Fields, Gimli and Legolas fought alongside another with the Sons of Elrond. Remember Aladdin? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're there, apparently. Aladdin, we haven't gotten there yet. Come so, back yeah. some people. He's like, one jump, head of the bread line. Did we already do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That was last episode. <laughs> was, but, but it's Aladdin. How about, but I can picture him jumping from those elephants to another elephant. Yeah, and then after. Oh, elephant. And then somebody's like, Oliphant. Who are you? Just this. Oliphant? Oliphant. And then somebody's just like, who are you, some stupid elf? And he's like, riff raff, street rat, I don't buy that. If only they look closer. Yeah. 
They, would, they wouldn't we, see a poor sung, boy, though, because he's... He's not a poor boy. No, he's, he's not. A, he a prince, baby. <laughs> but Aladdin becomes a prince, too, in the end, so, you know. Wait. They're not princes. El- Elrond's not, a like, a he, king. He's a lord. That does not... They're kind of royalty. Like, they're definitely rich boys. They're, like, dukes. They for sure own yeah. a yacht. They, they for sure own a yacht. Yeah. Okay, like, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. After the battle, as Legolas and Gimli enter Minas Tirith, Legolas sings a little song, and he also remarks that the place could use more gardens. Like, sweetie, not the time. It's like a battle just raged here, and there's like all these people lying injured, and all the towers are toppling over. And he's like, "Yeah, it's cool, but I mean, you could use some greenery over here. Like, your plants need watered. When was the last time like, you were out here <sighs> weeding? You call this a vegetable patch?" <laughs> fucking douchebag <laughs> following the war of the ring Gimli and Legolas go to Aragorn and Arwen's wedding with everybody else I feel like this is how I end like half of my things it's like they went to Aragorn and Arwen's wedding I think we all know at this point that that wedding was fucking crazy I mean Glorfindel was there so Glorfindel it, was there. We knew <laughs> he knows how to party. Right. So it had to be the best wedding ever. He is dancing to hips. Don't lie. Gimli and Legolas are slow dancing like all over the place. And everybody's like, are they together now? Like what's going on? They're playing all the cha-cha slides. Oh, hell yes. Slide to the left. Actually, we already did we this. We did it. But God it's, damn it. It's not. Do we have the same joke over and over again? Yes. We should keep a running tally of how many times we repeat the same joke. Oh, God. We need to start writing them down to avoid them. But after the wedding, they go on their own little honeymoon together. Just Gimli and Legolas go back to Helm's Deep. They go to this place called the Glittering Caves. And they go to Fangorn Forest because Legolas is like, I just really want to, like, explore there and, like, meet the trees and just have a good time. And Gimli's like, okay, honey, like, let's go. I'm not going to pretend I understand, but I support you because he's a good boyfriend. Listen. I was going to talk about this during my bit, but I want to just elaborate on yours and I'll just leave it out of mine. Okay. What's even cuter about that is before the ultimate battle, before the last battle, mm-hmm. they made a deal together. What'd they say? And they said, if we get through this, when all the wars are over, Gimli's going to show him the glittering caves and Legless is going to show him Fangorn Forest. That's- fucking romantic Isn't as hell that beautiful i'm obsessed and then they did and, th- and then they did <laughs> so cute <laughs> i love it so uh with daddy's permission legolas hangs out in middle earth for a while to restore the war-torn woodlands and in robert foster's book a guide to middle earth this is described as beautifying the forest (laughs) legolas is going around he's like we could really use a fern there some lantana are they setting up their pride flags hell yes they are (laughs) yes honey happy pride when it was time for legolas to depart middle earth and sail to the undying lands he invites his boo gimli to accompany him there making him the first and only dwarf to do so and do you know why gimli was allowed to join tell me because of his relationship with Galadriel. <gasps> she was like, I remember you. She's like, oh, he's a cutie. <laughs> he can come. <laughs> All the other dwarves are like, I would have said the same thing. And they're like, but you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches. And so they get to live happily ever after. And, and, they happily ever, and that's it. I love it. That's all I have. 
Legolas is one of those characters that is, I feel like he's perfectly done in the movies. I, I, I think so too. Honestly, like Legolas's relationships with everybody in the movies is elaborated on um, greatly because in the books, like he's still great. We love Legolas, but like he doesn't really say that much and there's not, it's just not quite as impactful and not that I'm saying anything bad about Lord of the Rings. It's just not quite as like emotional as we see like him and Aragorn's relationship and him and Gimli's relationship, like how that grows, like the, the, the base is there, but it doesn't, to me, it doesn't quite have the same emotional weight uh, so far what we've read. Right. So we've finished fellowship and we're reading the two towers now. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I don't think that they make, legless i mean he's an amazing skillful fighter and we see that often but we don't see the strength of like the the relationship okay. on. yeah and mm -hmm. his character is a lot more like and here's the elf and he's so whimsical and he knows so many things and like in the movies he's kind of like he's still like that but he's also like a little bit sassy sometimes i know and, in, and in the best that. way in the best way yeah. That's well, it. so we have introduced Legolas now, and mm -hmm. now we're going to introduce his boyfriend, Gimli. <gasps> Hello! So, interesting, they don't really talk about Gimli much in, the, in this chapter. Literally, this is what it says on page 240. He then pointed out and named those whom Frodo had not met before. There was a younger dwarf at Gloin's side, his son Gimli. Okay, so that is our first introduction to Gimli, and they don't really talk about him very much for the rest of the chapter, but he becomes such an important character because Elrond enlists help of whoever wants to join the Fellowship, which we learn about in the next chapter, and he volunteers to go, and he's a lot younger. The Gloin is old at this point. He's gone on too many adventures, so Gimli is the younger dwarf there. He volunteers to go, and that's why he gets put on this adventure. Elrond's like, step the fuck aside, Gloin. Like, yeah, Gloin, you've done enough. Put Gimli in the spotlight for a second here. Right, so we don't actually get to know that much about Gimli in this chapter, so I kind of did a little bit of Gimli, but I did a lot of the background on dwarves. Because Ooh. we haven't done that yet. We've, got, oh, we've talked a lot about elves. We've talked about men. We've talked about the Maiars and the trolls. Valars and the trolls. But we haven't talked about dwarves. So here we go. I'm fucking ready. Dwarves were created by the Vala Ole. Whoa. Are you doing like a in a world yes type of situation i was i love that thank you so if you remember the valar are the step below the god eru aluvatar right the valar are assistants they use their singing to create the world and they are not allowed to create life mm -hmm. but ole was like ah, bitch please i'm gonna do it anyways Ooh, bad boy so before anything else, any other being was created in Middle Earth, he created the seven fathers of dwarves. <gasps> Before the elves? Before the elves, he created them. And he secretly made them in a hall under the mountain. And he was supposed to wait. He was going to eventually do it, but he was supposed to wait until after the elves came to Middle Earth because that's what Eru wanted him to do. And then he was like, I'm doing it anyways because I want to teach them my craft. I'm so good at shit. That's cute. Sort of. So Eru found out and was pissed. He was like, are you fucking kidding me? I said I wanted the elves here first. 
Yeah. Ellie's like, well, fuck you. Yeah. He was like, dad. No, he was like this. He was like, awkward. I'm really sorry. Sorry. So as a gift, he gave the seven fathers of dwarves to Aru to do as he wanted. He said, you can kill them. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, literally. And Aru being almighty and all wonderful was like, no, I'm going to give you life. So he said, you know what? No, here you go. Here's life. You take it, but you have to go to sleep until after the elves arrive. So go under the mountain and go to sleep. But Ole was like, hey, I want to be a little bit more of a douchebag. So he went down and he went to go smite them himself. Why? With his great hammer. But why? Because he was really embarrassed of his act. He's like, I'm just going to fuck Yeah, he was up. like, I just, just I, he's like, I fucked over Aru. He I was shame spiraling. He was, he was. He was shame spiraling. He had drank too much that night and he just wasn't <laughs> thinking. And he was he's just like, like, I'm just going to fuck up somebody else's life right now. Right. So As he, so many alcoholics do. He goes down to the dwarves and he uses his massive hammer and he goes to smite them. Jeez. And they shrink back in fear. <gasps> and that's why they're so tiny. Oh. They weren't originally. <laughs> they were like, please, 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 don't hurt us, don't hurt us, don't hurt us. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I know. And so he was like, all right, fine. You can stay. <laughs> and so anyways, <laughs> it's like when you find that like mouse under your cabinet and you really, really don't want mice in your house, but they're so cute and tiny. You're like, oh. One time when we were living in the second house in Grandview, they, we had a mouse in the kitchen and mom was like, I'm going to put mouse traps out for it. And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like nine. I was like, you can't kill them. Did she? Yeah. She killed him. I don't like that. And I hated every second of it. It was awful. Okay. It's a really tried childhood wound. Yeah. Really sad. Yeah. It was awful. Okay. So the way we left it off is the dwarves were shrunk down. Mm-hmm. They went to sleep until after the elves arrived. Okay. Okay. Now, little side note about dwarves. Did you know... Only one third of them or less are women. Really? Yeah. One third or less. What the fuck? Yes. But that's why there's not so many of them because they don't populate as fast. Well, Tolkien made it that way. Well, he doesn't like women. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired. I'm sorry. But like women are not prevalent in his books. I'm sorry. They're not. No, it's true. It's true. Okay. And you know what? It should be said. I said it. It should be said. It's because you know what? There. We are a woman-run podcast. We want to see a little more representation. Tolkien, sorry, you're dead. You don't have another chance. But all you other aspiring fantasy writers out there, put some fucking women in your books. Or we will be there to call you out on your shit. Yes, we will. <laughs> Fire the shots. <laughs> also, the women look just like men. They have beards and they're yeah. all very... You can't really tell them apart, which I kind of like that. I like that too. <laughs> Okay, so after a century, the seven fathers of dwarves awoke after the elves had already arrived in Middle-earth. Unfortunately, we only know the name of one of them. They all dispersed all over Middle-earth, uh, all to the different mountains to do their little shit, but we only know about Durin the First. Oh! Uh-huh. And that is, like, all of he, Tolkien's wait, history. Hold on. He was one of the OG? One yeah. of the He was one of the seven fathers. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh! So he went to the Misty Mountains and he came upon a pool of water and he looked in the pool and he saw himself and there was a constellation of seven stars that made a crown over his head in the reflection of the water. Cute. And that constellation became known as Durin's crown. (gasps) What's really cool about it's very mystical. That seven stars reflected in the water can be seen at any time of day. Really? Any time of day, not just night. And 
the actual reflection, Duran was the only one who could see himself. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. I love little mystical stuff like that. I do too. So that lake was named Khaled Zaram, which he then built his great hall, Khazadum, right behind it, which is Moria. Oh. So he finds the lake. He sees this reflection of the crown. He sees it as a sign. He goes into the mountains, and that's where he creates Khazadum. Oh, my God. So he starts digging in there. They're doing fantastic. They're using their amazing skills to mine mithril. And they're doing amazing down there. And then shit hits the fan. But before we get there, I want to talk about some good things about dwarves. Okay. Okay. Dwarves are inherently good. They fought alongside the elves and the men in the great battles of the first age. The dwarf smiths were famous for craftsmanship of weapons, armor, and stone. But... It's kind of, this is where it kind of gets bad with the elves and stuff. Their hatred for them stems from they were asked to create a necklace for the Silmaril. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about that in another episode. A little bit, but go over it again. I'm just doing a really brief one. Basically, they were asked to put a Silmaril into a necklace because they're so good at craftsmanship. And then the elves came to take it back and they were like, no, we're going to keep this one. The elves took it anyways. And then they went attacked. It was like this whole big battle. And that's where their hatred stems from. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Do you talk about the Arkenstone at all? I do not. Okay. That's the Arkenstone is from um, the Hobbit, right? Yeah. And I was just wondering, is that a Silmaril? Is it a Silmaril? Ooh. I don't think look, it is, though. I don't think so either. But we'll have to look that up. I don't know. I don't it's know about that. not. But I don't know. I don't know. Good we'll, question, we'll, yeah, we'll have to look it up. The rivalry between the elves and the dwarves lasted until the end of the Third Age with the friendship of Gimli and Legolas. Aww. So way to go, guys. You reunited the two people who used to fight alongside each other. Love Fight wins. alongside each other. Love wins. Love wins. Happy Pride. Woohoo! <laughs> okay, so after the first age, most knowledge of the dwarves is from Durin's line, which are called Durin's folk or Longbeards. Oh. Okay, so I don't know if this is like some West Virginia shit here, but like all the dwarves stem from Durin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems a little, uh, maybe a little incestuous. Just a little just, bit. Just, just touch there so they're all part of Durin's line and there's this big prophecy that says Durin's gonna be reborn and when the Durin the seventh is born that's when the decline of the doors is gonna happen Ooh. I know so who be it well it hasn't happened yet it will happen I looked at the line but it's not for a while okay side note Durin the third was given one of the rings of power from Celebrimbor Mm-hmm. and for everybody else it like made them stronger and gave them more fight whatever for the dwarves it just made them greedy Ooh, <laughs> Which, yeah that's rough it's rough but it's actually kind of funny because they're like <laughs> so, they're so good that like they couldn't be corrupted to evil they just got greedy. they were just like we just want we just want gold our gold and mm-hmm. our jewels mm-hmm. and our mithril yeah all the other rings were lost by the way i didn't go into that yeah but yeah i think we talked about that mentioned that yeah once before Okay, now back to Moria. So in Third Age 1980, the doors were Good digging. <laughs> the doors were digging in Moria. Margaret Thatcher is in power. Which is, I'm ignoring you. Yeah, thank you. 
it was actually called Casa Doom. Moria means black pit. It was named that after this happened. Mm-hmm. But they were digging for Mithril and they woke the Balrog. And Doran's folk were all murdered. And the ones that mm-hmm. did survive left and fled to Erebor. Right. That is when we learn all the hop shit. Okay. The different dwarves all come and they have... They go to Erebor, and then Smog comes, and they got to fight the dragon, so they go on this quest, and Gandalf comes, and Bilbo comes, and all these different people come. Yeah, it's a good time. Have yeah. I all. I'm not going to get into that. Then, Gimli returns. Yay! Yay! Okay. So, Gimli is the son of Gloin, and then he's like the faux nephew of Oin, the faux nephew of Balin, the faux nephew of Dwalin. He's like related to all of them. Yeah. And uh, he really wanted to go on that mission. With Bilbo, but he was only 62 years old. And they're like, you're just too young. You're just a little baby. Wait till you're 80. Right. So he didn't get to go. Oh, I know. In third age, 3019, a messenger from Mordor came to Dane II, who's the king under the mountain. And he wants to be a BFFs. And Dane was like, "Mm, stranger danger. And he sent (laughs) Gloin and Gimli to Rivendell to seek the counsel of Elrond. At this point, Gimli is 139 years old and the perfect age for an adventure. Damn. I know. Gimli was the only dwarf to fight against Sauron in the Third Age. Really? Yeah. The, the rest only... of them were like, eh, we're not going to They just involved like, with that. Di- I think they've just been through too much shit. You know, yeah. with all the dragons attacking well, them. Yeah. There's like, throughout history, there was like all these dragons attacks. Dragon attack killed them all here. Balrog attack killed them all here. Another dragon attack killed them all here. And I think they just needed a break. Well, yeah. And then there's that part where I read the quotation on last episode about Gloin talking about all of the work that they had done in Erebor. Right. Right. And so at that point, they were probably like, look, we've got it really good here. Like, let's just not get super involved. But Gimli represented them all in a way. And to be fair, silence means that you're taking the side of the oppressor. Yes. Silence is violence. So they were doing the wrong thing. True, 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 true. Except for Gimli, because he's the best. Okay, so, spoiler alert, though Maddie already spoiled shit for the advanced anyways. We're only supposed to research up to the point of the book where we are, but... uh, Wait, what? And what is that about a rule? That's what we've always done. So we, like, learn about what happens until... Yeah, All right, whatever. Okay, after they won the War of the Ring, Gimli was given lordship of the glittering caves, which are the caves that we see behind Helm's Deep. So all the women and children go into the glittering caves. And right. Did you make that connection? Wait, what? That the glittering caves are the ones that women and children go into from Helm's Deep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and um, he is the Lord there, right? Is that right? Yeah. So he probably only plays the song Glitter in the Air by Pink. Have you ever... And a lover with just your hand. This is the third time we've sung. We can't do it anymore. I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. He is known as Elfriend. And he's also known as... It's like Lock. Legolas's boyfriend? No, yes. But I think it's called like Lockbearer. Lockbearer. Because okay. he carries Gladriel's hair. Adorable. I know. So cute. Anyways, so that's our little introduction into dwarves and to Gimli. Oh, I love it. I know. It's not that much. And well, mine I wasn't apologize. that much either, but it's, like. Surprisingly, there wasn't that much on Gimli. That's like, how About I him felt, growing up and that's stuff. That's how I was reading like Legolas's early life on like Tolkien Gateway. And it was like, he grew up in Merc and Thranduil was his dad. His mom is absent and he's cool. Literally. I was like, pfft. 
what? what? Literally, it was like same story. It was, he was born from Gloin. Well, not born from Gloin. I'm assuming there was a woman involved. Maybe. We don't learn about we it. We don't though. know that, Once though. again, an absent mother. Yep. Absent mother. Classic. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> so we don't, you know, Gloin was here and then he went, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I did forget a little bit of information. Okay. Gimli translates to fire. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which fits his red hair. Yes, it does. He wields an axe and he was born in the Blue Mountains. And that is located to like right to the west of the Shire before you get to the ocean. The Sea of Belagir. Belagir. Uh-huh. Belagir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it used to be the separation between Beleriand. Thank you. Said it right. Bitch. And Eriador. Okay. That was the only extra information I had. But I just well, wanted to So at least we know where he was born. Yep. I mean, that's... And then it was like, he went something. with his dad to Erebor. And then that's it. Cool. Nothing else. Cool, 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 so, cool. It's like there's pages and pages of fucking information about like Glorfindel. And then the main fucking characters in the story, they're like, yeah, and they were born and this is what they were like. And then they participated in the War of the Ring. And it I'm was, like, what? There's like uh, pages and pages of what we know about, but where's the background shit? Yeah. Come on. Tolkien. So anyways, I, I guess that's my question. I would love to learn more about their childhood. We should do a seance Who and talk to Tolkien's friends? ghost. Who was their first love? Where'd they lose their virginity? I want to <laughs> know these things. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Legolas took Gim- Gimli's V-card. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I did some research. The Arkenstone is not a Silmaril. Okay. It was a gem that we found deep in the earth uh-huh. and they crafted to make it shine the way that it did with over a thousand facets. Oh, wow. Um, also, a back question we had, um, the Silmaril that Arendil had yeah, yeah, yeah. was the one that Baron and Luthien recovered. Oh, it was. It was. It was. We, we, were, we were asking about that last episode. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, thank you, Jesse. Thank You're you, welcome. Jesse. Celebrity shot. <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to do our quote section, and I have picked a quote. A quotation? Damn it, a quotation to read to you. Are you ready? I'm so ready. This is from page 254. So this is Gandalf talking about the One Ring. And if that is not proof enough, Galdor, there was the other test that I spoke of. Upon this very ring, which you have seen held aloft, round and unadorned, the letters that Isildur reported may still be read. If one has the strength of will to set the golden thing in the fire a while, that I have done, and this I have read. Ashnag Dubotak, Ashnag Gimbotol, Ashnag Zathulak, Ah, Burzan is she crimpatul? Yes! The change in the wizard's voice was astounding. Suddenly it became menacing, powerful, harsh as stone. A shadow seemed to pass over the high sun, and the porch for a moment grew dark. All trembled, and the elves stopped their ears. You know what, Molly? Never before has the black speech been uttered in this living room. <laughs> also, I just want to add, as she was reading that, a big heavy cloud rolled in front of the sun, and it got darker outside. Yeah, it was terrifying. I made that happen. Holy shit, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. 
Thank you. I, I love that part. It's so exciting. Everybody's like, no. They're like, I just I also like, la, 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 la. Okay. Mine is from 267. Then, said Aristor, there are but two courses, as Glorfindel has already declared, to hide the ring forever or to unmake it, but both are beyond our power. Who will read this riddle for us? None here can do so, said Elrond gravely. At least none can foretell what will come to pass, if we take this road or that. But it seems to me now clear which is the road we must take. The westward road seems easiest, therefore it must be shunned. It will be watched. Too often the elves have fled that way. Now at last we must take a hard road, a road unforeseen. There lies our hope, if hope it be, to walk into peril. To Mordor, we must send the ring to the fire. Damn, we picked some heavy shit this week. Well, I really like quotes that are like, here's the plot of the book right now. <laughs> I love those. Wait, I have one more quote that I know I we already read too, but I have one more to read that is also a plot of the book quote. One more quotation. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> he is a strange creature, but maybe I should have summoned him to our council. He would not have come, said Gandalf. Do you know what I'm talking about? Bombadil! Could we not still send message to him and obtain his help, asked Aristor. It seems that he has a power even over the ring. No, I should not put it so, said Gandalf. Say rather that the ring has no power over him. He is his own master, but he cannot alter the ring itself, nor break its power over others. And now he is withdrawn into a little land within bounds that he has set, though none can see them, waiting perhaps for a change of days, and he will not step beyond them. But within those bounds nothing seems to dismay him, said Aristor. Would he not take the ring and keep it there, forever harmless? No, said Gandalf, not willingly. He might do so if all the free folk of the world begged him, but he would not understand the need. And if he were given the ring, he would soon forget it, or most likely throw it away. Such things have no hold on his mind. He would be a most unsafe guardian, and that alone is answer enough. Tom Bombadil! Tom I love Tom Bombadil! Everybody's like, but he seems cool, and Gandalf's like, listen, you guys. This guy is so dumb, you don't even know. <laughs> Trust me. Bro, that would be folly. <laughs> Tom Bombadil, I love you. We love Tom. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Sisterhood of the Rings. Join us next week for another always unexpected journey into all things Tolkien. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, and please visit our website, thesisterhoodofthering.com, and like our Facebook page, The Sisterhood of the Rings Podcast. Wait, side note, if you haven't checked out our website, it's actually really beautiful. Check it really out. Really do. We worked really hard on it. Also, we don't normally say this, but we really need you to review our podcast. Please do. Please like and review our podcast. We are on episode 12. We are really making some headway, but it would really, really help it us out. It would super help us. If you like the show, just go ahead and leave us a review. It doesn't have to be long. Um, and that leads me to, if you like what we do, please subscribe and review us. We actually mean it this time. Please do it. But if you hate what we do, please just leave us alone and turn your rage into a productive hobby. Like binge watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Hell yes! Yes! Ah! See you next time, you gorgeous nerds.
hey, Weezer, why don't you just go find an <laughs> island in the sun to lay around on the beach? <laughs> Bitch. My uh, sweater came unraveled, so I'd get cold. <laughs> go eat some pork and beans. I don't like this. Okay, sorry. We won't talk about Weezer anymore. <sighs> this is not a Weezer podcast. Could be, What's though. the deal with my brain? Why am I so obviously insane? In a perfect situation, I let love down the drain. There's the pitch, slow and straight. All I have to do is swing and I'm a hero. But I'm a zero. We're not going to do any more than that. It, That's good. Good. it was just a little treat. Just a little treat. <laughs> Let's get wheezy. Ha, ha, ha.